On the way to order, I think you'll have the recording on repeat. All right, we have our members here um, in person um, with us. We have Susie, Rushi, Charles, just joined Ron, Ray, um, myself, Ron, and Evelyn. And staff, we have Penny, Scott, and Sarah. And virtually, we have uh, Amy and John uh, join us today. Um, Thank you for joining us. Do we, do we ask them to state the locations? Uh, yeah, so if you would just say the um, city and state where you're participating remotely. Amy and John, if you could state your uh, city and state or location. Amy Owen from um, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Virginia. And John Percival, Virginia. <laughs> At home. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, so that's and we don't have any guests today for introduction purposes and no public comments. Do we have any public comments virtually or anything of that nature? So we did not receive any requests for public comment for tonight's meeting. However, I did want to let the tab know that well, we staff received an email into the tab email box um, requesting uh, resuming commuter bus service to the Navy Yard. And so that email was, uh, they had indicated that they'll be returning to work more frequently mm -hmm. and had asked for that service to be restored. Um, so that email was forwarded on to our transit operations team. Thank you. Uh, so organizational and business matters is the question of the approval of uh, September last meeting, last meeting minutes, September 20th, 2023. It's, it's an attachment one. Um, any reviews, any changes on that meeting minutes? If there are no changes, then can can I get a motion to have that minutes approved? So, Ray, Ray moves, uh, Charles seconds. Hello, last one. All in favor of the motion? John. I guess that passes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, ten, zero, one. Um, item two B is uh, status of request for bylaws amendment to add nonprofit human services agency rep. Yes, this is the continuous item. And uh, it's it's epic. I mean, this has become epic. Yes, the um, October and November TLUC meetings were canceled, um, which we had intended to present it, and so now we are on slated for the December TLUC meeting. And uh, transportation land use committee, and so. Uh, Assuming that is that the motion to approve the nonprofit human services agency representative is approved, then it would go on to the board of supervisors um, as early as January 2024. And once they approved it, we would begin the recruiting process. And you said TLEC and what, what was the other 
meeting for the uh, council? It would be the board meeting. Oh. So the first TLAC would have to approve the change to the, or they would have to consider the request to change the bylaws and send their recommendation to the board of supervisors. So, so is the meeting happening sometime in November? No meet, no TLAC meeting in, um, they canceled the October one and they've also canceled the November. So it's going to be the 2024 then? Uh, we're hoping for a meeting in December. Oh, in December, okay. Is there a date right now in the calendar for them? Uh, I believe it's December 18th. 18th? Yeah. Any other questions to Sarah on that? All right. Um, so item 2C is the annual report discussion and approval. Um, and thanks to Lushi and Susie for um, putting that together. Appreciate it. And, and um, thanks to um, our membership and staff, Sarah, for, um, I guess, uh, putting, making it nicer and presentable and whatnot, finishing it up. Um, is there any, any, I don't know if everyone got a chance to review that online, but I know that um, Ray had um, comments on uh, in terms of uh, commuter bus ridership, um, specifically with, um, so if Ray, if you want to add, um, so that's just with, with, with the three day people going to work three days, that's requirement by certain agencies, or most of the agencies, federal agencies are requesting people to go back into uh, four days a week. Okay, four days a week. Um, three quarters a week, um, you know, I think from most likely from 24, I think they will be starting to enforce on maybe even sooner, um, sooner. So, um, so Ray, you had sent an email. If you want to elaborate a little bit on that. Is, is, is it going to be added to a report? No, I just, I just wanted to discuss that as part of this, um, because I know that it's going to be a service request to the staff, similar to Navy Yard that Sarah mentioned that she had sent it to operations. But I just wanted to um, discuss it just as part of it. Oh, you know, you had sent that note. So I want to see um, what your intention is more to operational or staff's attention or what was your intention? To yeah, it, it was just um, <clears throat> one of my friends, she, she worked, like I said, she works down in the DC area and she was just concerned, well, concerning and trying to find out more how we can help. Uh, if there's any intentions or any changes. For those who didn't see the email that I sent, um, she stated that OPM is mandating that workers are back in the office at least three days per week. She thinks that it starts sometime in January, and she hasn't been told for sure of the dates for her. It's probably very slightly for agency or component, that's yeah, for the you know, people to come back. She hopes that they are going to start offering more buses, especially an express bus in the afternoon. She said that the first pickup at 3 p.m. at Holland H. They typically do not pull into the park and ride until 4.40, 4.50. When they offered the express bus that park that picked up at 3.30, it was at the park and ride no later than 5 p.m. It would also be nice if um, Leesburg buses that bypass 
dollars normal. That's an additional 15 minutes right there. So that's what she that's what she related to me. So that's why I thought that it would have been nice to pass it on to people who are closest to this kind of um, activity to see what kind of feedback uh, um, inputs they can provide so that I can tell her or I can say, well, you know, so. So you want a response? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I can tell you right now that there are no there has been no plan changes for FY24 that we budgeted for the buses that are running now. Um, as an FYI, across the system, you're averaging 17 riders a bus. There are a number of buses that are in the 25 range, 25, 28 range. There's 55 seats on the bus. So there's ample seating on the bus. Um, we're actually looking at FY25 now, um, and we don't know what we're going to do in 20. Right now, we proposed a budget to keep everything flat, so the same way that it is right now. Um, I will say that this kind of goes into the ridership update that I was going to give in a little bit, but I'll jump into it real quick. Um, what's interesting about FY24 is that in July, the commuter bus service was averaging 800 daily riders, right? So 800 riders every day. In August, that went up to 833. In September, that went up to 864. And in, in November, or I'm sorry, in October, it's up to 896. So it's jumped 100 passengers a day from July till October. Now, you're still only at 17-ish riders per day. You know, so here's the problem. Here's the dilemma. Here's the dilemma, right? It's a day, not bus, right? Seventeen riders per bus. As an average yeah. overall. Average, average, average per route per day. Yes. Thank you. Um, the dilemma is some people are going to be three days a week. Some people are going to be three days a week. You might have some in four days a week. The ridership currently is not really reflecting this huge comeback of sorts. So. We don't, there aren't any plans to increase buses in the event something happens. It's more of a read and react, right? So as the buses fill up, then that gives us the ability to go back and seek more funding to add more service. Um, you know, we're in year three, year four post pandemic, right? We're getting ready to start year four, I guess. Um, and there's really, while there's a lot of noise around this, there's really nothing substantive to support that this has actually happened. Well, uh, I can say that uh, the, uh, the Secretary of State has called for four days a week, where the debts Department of State is coming back to four days a week uh, as the base. Um, and that's supposed to start next month. I mean, next month holidays so effectively January but I can also say that it just depends on the route and the time um, the 7 a.m 7:30 a.m and 6:30 a.m uh, to DC buses are 
quite healthy again Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and that's just again it's it's anecdata, but that is what I've seen riding the bus four days a week. So I do see the uptick happening. Uh, the lines in the morning and in the afternoon are healthy. Uh, we're not to regular standing room only quite yet, but we are to regular. Uh, wow, I have to sit next to another person for most of the bus, <laughs> which again, most people are like, well, I really like it when it's more empty, but we all understand that we just have to get over our need for personal space. Um, it is ticking upward. Uh, you can see it on the ground, but the number of, you know, the 5.30 a.m. is a little more sparse, but that's 6.37, 7.30. Those buses are doing quite well. So I'm looking at the numbers right now. There is a 6.45 bus that is hovering in the 40s and has bumped into the 50s, a single bus. 645 out of Leesburg. Out of Leesburg. Uh, Which bus leaves at 645? Uh, they're they're all. 441 at least. 645, I'm sorry. 645 out of Harmony. Then I think Matthew. it hits Leesburg and then it goes in. Um, that is really the only bus that I am seeing. And let me just keep going over here. That's, um, there is a 715 bus out of Dallas South that's hitting the mid 40s. That's it. Those two buses are the only ones. All the rest of them haven't bumped into 30s yet. And that's into that's through the end of October. That right? was through the end of October, yep. right? And that's where you know that latest bump is. Be interesting to see. I mean, of course, it'll probably right. go it'll down dip in November. It dips in September. But I, I'll be interested to see what happens. In yeah. January. Listen, we you know we'd love to support this, but the reality of it is, is we're bumping up against a hard budget this next year. Um, so unless we've got ridership just kind of support that and the, the problem is is when you're starting out from a transit perspective when you're trying to provide options for people to get back let's use the express bus for example and for those folks who don't know what an express bus is if you're on the eastern half of the city for us eastern half of the city is between h street north capitol essentially and 14th street there used to be a bus that would leave h and fourth and go down Independence Avenue and then just leave the city and it knocks off probably 35 minutes of the trip, uh, 35 to 40. And we couldn't do that because there's just not enough ridership, right? That's, that's why we have to go through the city to kind of bump up at all the stops. That's the only way we can get ridership on a bus. And really, this is how we built this service. And then as the ones got healthier and healthier and healthier, then we would split them, you know, and then we would start running some, some express buses out. I see that happening again, um, assuming that commuter bus stays in town with the rail service now being in town. So I'm just curious, are other people hearing uh, return to work messages from the federal government from yes. other agencies? Yes. So I, I know this, um, to what Susie mentioned, friend of mine, he's a Department of State. He's already said that this year he's been going in three days a week at least. Um, and that's going to either increase or stay at three days as well. Like I've heard from him this year or uh -huh. in the fall. So, uh, but he, he lives 
in virtual. Mayor Brambleton used to be a commuter bus rider, but he now takes the metro kind of bus to the metro station and whatnot. But once it goes to a steady four day week, five day week, I'm sure some of those metro riders are going to come back to the bus service because that's more like you just go from home to the bus and then off and stay rather than going to the metro and then I'm sure that's going to come back to yeah. I mean, the bus, but it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, not a clear cut because I, I myself was a Brambleton Park and Drive um, in October, um, late October, and the ridership wasn't, um, I think that wasn't that great in Brambleton. I saw the bus, it was like, well, I hardly saw right. cars parked um, in the park and drive there in Brambleton. It's Brambleton Park and Drive. And at least, uh, again, anecdotal. Um, in the afternoon, the majority of the riders are um, at the various times, whether it's the 3.30 at 19th and E, sorry, 3.39 or the um, 4.12 or the 4.43, uh, Dallas Transit and Leesburg. Um, don't get me wrong, I love the straight to Leesburg Harmony uh, on the half hour, but I fully understand that we're stuck with the the current until we get that ridership up. Yeah, it's a catch twenty-two. So, in that regard, it, what two things? Two questions. What is the metric? What is the number you're looking at to consider adding in ridership? And then, how much time do you need to pivot once you have that? So, the quick answer to that is. As of right now, there is a board policy that the buses are supposed to be revenue neutral, meaning that you should have enough riders on it to pay for that bus. We're not close to that right now. With the current ridership we have, the fares would have to be, and I just calculated, it's $26 of single direction to be able to break even. Versus 10. So the first thing that has to happen is the board has to decide whether they're going to continue with that. Right. If that stays in play, then you won't see any buses get at it because yeah. we've got to hit that mark or, you know, we may lose the service altogether. It's a possibility. Uh, I didn't say it's a probability, it says it's a possibility. So we'll make sure that people don't mistake what I just said. Um, the other question, there's a lot looming around this, right? One of the other things looming around this is what is happening with rail. Are they going to, you know, they're painting this big, dark, rainy, black cloud picture for them. They don't have the money right now. Right. Anyway, it's <laughs> so if in 25, July 1, they start running service on the half hour instead of every 10 minutes, that could push people back toward the commuter bus. Right. If, if the commuter buses are still operating in the same realm that we're operating in right now, if they start turning, the word turn back, run at 60% of the trains, turning them back at wheelie, which is another presented possibility on rail. We don't know how that's going to affect it. We need to kind of figure that piece of it out. And it changes. Do we still continue to serve our own rail stations or now do we shift back to serving wheelie? And with some or a lot of our buses. So there is a lot in the pot right now and, and we're trying to sort through it and Unfortunately, the board's going to have to make some budget decisions over here over the next, you know, month or two, at least guiding us as to what to do. Um, based on. Possibilities, not probabilities. 
So uh, it's it's really up in the air. But I, I will tell you to be just as honest as I can be. I don't see any changes for the service for the rest of 24. And I don't see any changes right now. We did not propose any changes for 25. And the WMATA fiscal year is the same as the counties? Yes. Okay. And what did you mention about the BBE change to our organization? One of the proposed one of the proposed way that Metro is is putting out there to possibly save money or cut budget is to turn back 60% of the trains. So instead oh, of running all the trains out to Ashburn, yeah. turn 60 percent of them back at we yeah. 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 And then that way they use less people, less staff, yeah. you know, less maintenance. That's more on their end, but how we reconfigure our uh, yeah. system. Yeah, because yeah, it's gonna affect us as yeah. how often they serve yeah. our stations yeah. and whether we continue to serve our stations yeah. with the same number of buses or do yeah. we yeah. keep sending some to our yeah. stations and some oh, we leave. And, and another point, and you'll see that in the ridership data, one of the main stations being used right now is Washington International Airport. I mean, excuse me, the Dulles International Airport. I can't, I can't see them turn, doing turnbacks before that, but then maybe they can't. I don't know if physically they can do it at this point, but that that has generated significant ridership in the system. So. But just to give a, a broader picture on what's going on with WMATA, um, they have, at the beginning of the summer, they said that they had a $750 million, uh, billion, I always get the millions and the billions mixed up with WMATA, <laughs> deficit because ridership is so far off, revenues are off, and then, um, um, and it has been that way for a number of years. What's carried WMATA forward for the last several years is the fact that there was federal funding to cover the gaps. Well, that federal aid runs out in 24, and so actually it may have run out in 23. So 24 has been balanced, and there might be some savings in 24 that can be carried over into 25, and ridership is moving up, um, both on bus and rail, uh, but it's still not enough to, to make up that um, that shortfall. So we started at $750 billion, I think, million dollars, I'll say million. Um, at the beginning of the summer, WMATA's worked through the summer to get that gap down to 650 million, and now the WMATA board has to figure out from there what types of service cuts have to be made. Um, you know, the, to get something through General Assembly's legislative processes in Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. in a single year is not going to happen. So. Um, there's this dialogue going on in the region about how will that gap be made up. So, more and, there was, on that. and there was federal money involved so before for Metro. Yeah, well, there is still federal money on the capital side, and we do, we, they do vote federal grants, but there was federal aid from the yeah. ARPA program and, and yeah. PRISA, and there was three. There were three tranches of money that were uh, fed into the WMATA system to keep it solid. And so it's it's a challenge, and, and it is a structural problem with WMATA. Structure, the business model that WMATA was set up on was never going to make it in the long run. Transit is never a profit-making business. So you've got to have ways to have money coming in, and then the survey of uh, major transit systems in the country, almost every one of them have dedicated operating and capital funding 
through a sales tax or some type of tax to sustain the system. This system does not. So there's a structural problem that has to be addressed. And I'll say again, thank goodness we have Supervisor Letourneau on the WMATA board. He understands this stuff and he works very hard at trying to be transparent, working with the staff at WMATA and making sure that we're understanding what the challenges are out there. But the problem is this goes beyond a county issue. It's it's a regional and it's a state state issue that has to be addressed. So, to summarize a response to my friend, no plans change for fiscal year 27. Correct. So, unfortunately, the schedule is as is and there's no immediate change. And you said the same 25. Okay, let me add that. <laughs> that was a long answer to your question, wasn't it? What did I do? <laughs> so, so that, that was a pivot from the actually item for the annual report discussion. I'm not sure if everyone had a chance to read what Rushi and uh, Susie put together, which uh, Sarah had um, presented uh, to us. Um, do you guys have any any other additions, changes, uh, thoughts, inputs on that? Can I, can yeah. I, uh, one, I want to thank you for taking over when I had that family emergency. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, and thank you, Sarah and staff, for completing it. Um, my only question is just for formality's sake, I did put in that staff concurs with this. Is that actually true? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so. Boy, I think there's nothing really objectionable in there. They're requesting for additional service. Um, I have to pull it up to refresh my memory. Maybe maybe you could tell us some of the highlights. Yeah, so it just it does say here staff uh, concurs with the tab recommendations, and let me just go to the recommendation section, um, which is um, transportation synergy. Develop a connectivity plan to have various types of transit, metro, metro connect, local and long haul work together to better provide maximum coverage and increased ridership. Add local bus service to Dulles International Airport. I'm not going to read every word. I'm just. No, I'm, just I'm seeing it here. Add bus service along Route 7 to McLean Tyson's Metro Station. Connectivity to parks, wineries, and breweries. Uh, work with local businesses to gauge interest and develop ideas. Outreach to senior community. Build a, build on prior discussions with the Broad Run Retirement Community to develop plans for senior discounts on Fridays. And um, tab representation. Extend uh, tab member term. An additional four to six months into the new board of supervisors term to extend smooth transition for incoming members and continuity. Yeah. Those were the recommendations. Rushi, can I can I interject a, a comment that I wanted to bring up? I, I wonder if under section three future goals, it might say for the upcoming year, the tab recommends working with staff to pursue the following goals. Um, it, that seems to sort of temper the approval of staff because they're in a rock and a hard place, it, uh, arguably. You know, they've got to follow the Board of Supervisors, but they are also commissioned to listen to our input. Um, so I wondered if that might not be a compromise. What was the wording again, Amy? 
Um, that that introductory sentence under section three future goals for the upcoming year, the tab recommends working with staff to pursue the following goals. And further enhance the transit inside the county. I don't have any objection to that. And, I, and, and then I think I might recommend that we take out the fact that staff approves. I, if they, if staff is comfortable with that, I'm happy, but I, I just I don't think it's our role to improve what, so because just, you report to the board. So, to be fair, I literally looked at other uh, previous okay. ones and I just used the template that I saw on, I forget which one. So I'm okay with removing if you, that's why I asked that question specifically, uh, because if it's not correct, I want it removed. So. But it's not even like it's correct or incorrect. It's like, uh, Amy, I'm sort of correct. Like we, we don't need to put stuff in the position to. That's right. And if they, if they can't, then that's something we should just remove the sentence. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah. Which, I, I, which I'm fine. Yeah, we don't, we don't want Scott to be called to a special meeting. Yeah. <laughs> if it's Scott, I have no problem. Yeah. Scott could probably talk himself. So I don't have any problem making those changes. Um, where is the current draft? I This is the PDF. She has the, uh, I think Sarah has the. Yeah. You have it? I, yeah. So, I can't remember if I emailed you back the Word document. I can't um, remember either. But I do have the Word okay. that I that I made the edits to like the um, department name. Okay. Can I also just comment that I, I I thought it was really good. I would you know I missed the meetings where you guys worked so hard on this, but um, I I thought it was really good. So thank you for your hard work. So I don't have any problems with uh, with. This as long as the uh, amendment of to remove the uh, staff yeah. staff concurrence and the the wording that Amy had, um, then I I actually moved to uh, approve the uh, and then we'll we'll yeah we have any other comments or oh, any other changes. Yeah, sorry, I should I should table that until someone else says yeah. Well, I, I just want to clarify a few things for the formatting and presentation of it. Um, and so I, I noticed that in your draft, you had used the board item template and really what will end up happening is I'll take uh, the county's template and populate all of the information in there and extrapolate the part of your um, annual report that doesn't include staff's recommendations. Okay. Uh, so that's something that will go through our division. Uh, and they will refine that language uh, before it gets submitted to TLUC. So, is that something that I just said, just confirming that's not a template you need me to, to adhere to? Because I couldn't find a template, so I just kind of saw what's out there and I just took it. Yeah. So, there isn't really a template itself for the annual report, but um, what I had shared with you is the whole package right. that okay. we were turning in. And um, I guess I didn't explain it well enough that I would be taking care of filling out that form uh, that has the election districts and uh, the, uh, some of those information. I understand that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing you, aside from the wording changes that we, we're talking about now, there's nothing you need us to do or me to do in terms of uh, getting the final version to you. I don't. I don't believe so. I, I can make that slide if everybody's in agreement with that. Um, I can make sure that that's conveyed when I.
cut out what you have written for the annual report and put it into the board item. I have no more changes. I mean, do Amy or I don't know, John is there. Do you guys have any any other additional changes or inputs on the report? Are you anyone up here present here? Do you have any other inputs? This is John. I have no changes to it. Thanks, John. All right. So it sounds. I mean, let's get a motion. Right. Let's get a motion to approve the uh, annual report discussion as amended. Um, as amended. Yeah, as amended. Can I get a motion? Is there a second? A discussion. You have a discussion. Yeah. Uh, are we are we making a motion to approve the sub um, suggested inputs from the board? So we should uh, call it that because it's not final yet, right? So annual report uh, inputs, inputs, yeah, okay. inputs from our collective board uh, yeah. with, with the amended changes. Yes. Yeah. That I can. That I will second. Yeah, it's not the final. Yeah, yeah that I will second. Yeah. So you made the motion to. Is there a second? That I will second. Oh, that you second. All right. All in favor? All right. All right. I, I guess John. Is Aye right. for John. Give yourself a round of applause. So this would be, uh, sir, if you could send us a copy when you have those changes to the collective board, that would be helpful. Yes. And this will be in December packet as well. If the like meeting happens. That is an ambitious goal that I am <laughs> going to strive for. So originally it was 20th. December 20th and they have in the last meeting that Penny was at, they voted to move it to December 18th. Uh, so that increases the chance that it, that it will take place. <laughs> Um, my only concern is um, that I've, I've got a heavy workload with yeah. our strategic plans right now. Um, I have the, unfortunately, every time we change the meeting for the bylaws, I have to resubmit all of those documents again and make the edits to those. Um, and we kicked off a couple other projects. So um, it is my goal, um, but I do have some higher priorities. That so realistically, this is more 24. I'm sorry. Realistically, this is more 24. Yeah, even if it goes to TLUC in December, it would go to the board in January. No, I was asking more TLUC. It's more realistic from your end to board. I, I can definitely make the January one. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to strive to make December. Okay. Make that. So is the TLUC, they have the same, um, is it the same time frame that we have on the board where, because if it's the 18th, December. I mean, it's got to be going in in the next week. Yeah. Right. Right. And we've got Thanksgiving holiday yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so so that's, that's, why, that's why. I think. Yeah. I, I think. Yes. I think you're going to manage expectations and say it's not likely you're going to make the 18th. I mean, also, let's talk about. Um, are you next in the office? Sorry to call you. Yeah. I mean, I'm working through the rest of the week. I am planning to telework tomorrow and okay. Friday. I'll call you and let's talk this through because. If there's something I can do to help get it done, because it would be nice to get uh, both items yeah. in front of the board at the same or the ELUC at the same time yes. and take them to the board at the same time. Uh, and then you guys come to whoever's representing uh, CAP can come to not for me, but the one meeting. What other ones going to the board? 
bylaw changes. Oh. Also, yeah. the other thing to consider is uh, you know, if you're present in Chilak in December, um, it might be it might be the same members, board members, or different board members in 24. So they might, you know, be different. Right. Um, I don't know what shuffling may yeah. not be doing. So, yeah. Shouldn't be much of a change, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Let's, uh, let's see what we can do. Let me see what I can do to help you, Sarah. Okay. So, so long, I got a great workflow too. <laughs> what's what we So the that that goes into the next item, item two being mem member terms and reappointments. So, do you have any inputs for us? Are we wrapping up with uh, December, or are we extending to the new year? I mean, with that so on the uh, annual report, I wanted to make sure I let you all know that um, as far as presenting that, uh, it can be presented by your body, which we strongly encourage, or you can delegate that to staff to present it. Um, and then uh, it can also be placed as an item that you want to be, that you want to make a presentation, or it can be presented as what we call a consent item. And in that case, if they have a full agenda, you may not have an opportunity to present it. They would have all of the information in their packet, have an opportunity to review it. Uh, but at the beginning of the meeting, there are a group of items that they consider that really don't have controversial issues and that don't need further discussion. And those are what they put on their consent agenda. And at the beginning of the item, they're approved as a whole package of items. So you have that option. Um, and that, and I would need to know that ahead of time for preparing the item. If you want to physically be there and present it, or if you want it to be considered for this package that, um, and you do have to show up in case they pull it from the consent agenda and, and want you to present it, but um, it would give you the opportunity that maybe it was just approved at the beginning of the meeting. Well, the bylaws change definitely belong to the consent package. What's that? Bylaws change. I feel like definitely belong to the consent package. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I think I'm you, could you clarify, are you recommending consent agenda? No, I'm I'm completely leaving this up to you. So Vlad, no, I, I, I thought Vlad was. The uh the uh the membership, so the additional seat to be part of the consent agenda. Yes. I see. Well I would also <laughs> recommend that the report be part of the consent agenda. Well, I mean, there is like a pro and con, right? Uh, we are making some recommendations, and if we really recommend it, then it's good to have somebody's ear to actually maybe listen to them. Uh, so there's maybe a, an argument to be made for like at least some short presentation in the. So, who do we need from the TAB membership for the PLEC presentation if it happens in, say, December or January? Likely the chair um, or his designee. You are all welcome to come and make the presentation. Okay, so is there any, uh, I, I heard Vlad say it's good to make a presentation in person. Any of you guys having uh, any supporting viewpoints to either to have it in consent or to have I do have a are we having a transit summit again at all next year? No. Okay. <laughs> we don't have any budget changes. <laughs> no budget changes by 2025. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
My question, just uh, from slight ignorance, the tea love is made up of. It's a uh, five members. Five members of the board of supervisors. So basically, what you're saying, Vlad, is that's our way to get the um, to to get the their buy-in. Well, yes. Attention. Yes. Yes. I, I have no problem with it being part of the consent agenda. I think it, it, I don't think there's anything controversial in here. Well, consent agenda means uh, that's we don't know for sure if you're gonna, um, you know, defend the, the the report or not, right? Most likely, uh, it remains on the consent right. agenda, and it's not something they typically pull. And for this, yeah, it was probably unlikely that they would pull it off of the agenda. Um, Just for I, the record, I, too, if, if there are any recommendations made in the report and they're passed to the consent agenda, that means the recommendations are approved. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but, somebody, please, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, but somebody would have to be there in case of. No, I think we would know ahead of time, right? We would know ahead of time if they pull it out of consecutive. We would know a day ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, usually the chair of the committee will let us know if they usually the day of the event we'll get word that this is going to come off consent. And in this case, we would ask that the county uh, who uh, the chair right now that's uh, Supervisor Turner let us know because in that case we would then ask somebody who had to be present. Otherwise, if both items are on consent, we would just let you know that as far as we know, you're fine. Don't need to show up. So we can arrange to let you know that. that yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah. Be helpful. Can, still mm -hmm. I do think that Todd has a really good point about getting that buy-in, though, especially since there's not, there doesn't seem to be a lot of um, full understanding of uh, transit complexities. Um, so. I'm, I'm always happy to talk about how awesome public transportation is and what a net gain it is to the community. Uh, but if if uh, somebody has an actual presentation or something, if, if you want to do something like that, then perfectly happy to be there and cheerlead as necessary. If the annual report did not have the section uh, for future you know, goals, then I would, you know, 100% agree with the consent. But since it does have that section with future goals, it's kind of like, this is what we're asking for. We should be there to present it and and, and defend it. Or, you know, it's a lie. Uh, the counter argument is, is that they're supposed to read everything beforehand. So <laughs> if they want to pull it out, they can and we'll know that. So uh, I like to give them as the elected representatives that opportunity to just put this as a part of the consent. Really, nothing objectionable in that future goals, um, at least my humble opinion. Um, and if they want to pull it out, we will. We will be there. A lot of us will be there. My, my wife will kill me if I'm there because it's her birthday, and she will oh, kill me. Um, and it's a big one. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but um, I, I think she, assuming it's December, of course. But I would say that that that's to me the, the why I would say that it should be on the consent. It's because there. There is the assumption. Candidly, it's an assumption. 
Right. It's a broad assumption. Understood. It is something that that I know these guys work hard and they read a lot of stuff and I do I do expect them to read it. I know for a fact I'm going to talk. I have a meeting plan with my supervisor, Supervisor Turner, um, and I'm going to bring this up with them. So well, you know, reading it and getting the buy-in. You talked about the budget for 2024 and 2025, and they're saying, you know. We have a board here that knows that the, the increase in ridership is coming because everyone is being forced to go back in the office. They could read it and say, no. But if we're there to kind of give that kind of information from the constituents to the board, I think. I don't think that. So these are not public meetings, right? So these are public meetings. Anybody's you know, invited, anybody is invited to attend. Mm -hmm. So. Regardless of whether we, you know, agree to have it to be presented or I mean, that's part of consent agenda. Doesn't matter. We are, we are invited to attend those meetings, mm -hmm. so we can informally. Though we may not make a formal presentation, informally we should be able to make those. Make a public comment. Exactly. And if we do that, that's great. So we so, would either do it on behalf of the board. If we yeah. agree, right, and then if we, we don't agree, we'll do it as a citizen. Yeah. So, no, so exactly. So, regardless, that, that input will reach them. And, and all we're doing is recommending it. We yeah. don't actually place it on the consent agenda. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, I think, you know, again, you know, something you recommend, you, you should be prepared to not wait for them to ask people yeah. to defend. Yeah. But if they, if they do, we'll be prepared. Um, just use the handy dandy notes that are here. <laughs> Does the staff have um, a recommendation either way whether to have it uh, presented or consent? I think it's really up to you. I think there's value in speaking to the board on this item. Um, and it could be done through public comment or it could be through the item itself when the item is presented if it's not consent. I think there's value in you stating the importance of transit and reminding the board of what you've done and then uh, goals that you've created for the future, along with the, just the general importance of transit. So there is value in that, but I think your report is well written and I think uh, it'll get some attention that way too, but it's really up to you guys, it really is. And it doesn't have to be the chair or the vice chair, it could be any member or several members of TAP that um, rather than um, move the item off consent, just come in and make public comment during the public comment period. Okay. Which I believe does require advance yeah. yeah. sign up. Sign up. Mm -hmm. Of our public comment. Yes. Yeah. And three minutes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you can't go on for an hour back. <laughs> So do I understand right that public comment goes, goes first and then the board moves on to consider items? They um, I'm trying to think of TLUC. I haven't been to a TLUC meeting in quite a long time. I believe I'm not even sure what the sequence is there. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Vlad. No, no worries. I would think so. I would think it would be During the board meetings, they address a number of board, you know, administrative items, consent agenda, and do a few things like that. And then they do so many minutes of public comment 
adjourn for dinner and then they go back to some additional comments. We can get back to you on that. I simply haven't been to Keylock in a long time. So. Yeah, actually, that's a good point about public comment because, again, my whole point was not so that I'm worried that the report will not be approved. It's that kind of like opportunity to market our ideas, right? And so, if it can be achieved via public comment, right? Yeah, also to Penny's point, right? So, what we have done as a board, collective board, over the last course of four years, and what our recommendations are moving forward to make that case. So, why in the past? Um, so, do we, is there a motion? Um, do we have to make a motion? Do we have to make a motion? I, I would like some clarity on whether but, you want it to be on consent or. Okay. Has anyone here spoken to the board at all about any transit issues? Is anybody? I mean, the question. <laughs> except for Scott. <laughs> I ended in him. Well, I, I think the last time this body spoke to the Board of Supervisors was of the. Uh, 2021 transit summit. Yeah, it's the transit summit. Yeah, that's the formality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you mean as as a board or like individually? Well, just um, other boards like when the Disability Services Board, we do go in and make a public comment, just advocating for services, and so that's what I was asking. Have we? Yeah, we've done. So collectively as a board, uh, we have not done. Like as members, mm -hmm. but typically we, I guess, uh, we prepare the collective board comments and review uh, and approve those comments to be presented at the transit summit. Mm -hmm. um, and typically the chair has presented that. I believe the last was 2021. So it's a unified statement, you may say, or comment, but not as individual. Ram could I could I recommend just a straw poll vote just so you get the sense of the room because I think um, that would be helpful. How many people support um, consent agenda and how many want to do a formal presentation? Just straw poll. Is there a straw poll? Let's do uh, for the um, presentation. Can I get straw poll? Who wants support? Say yay or raise your hand if you support um, um, in presentation, making a presentation to the TLAC. I'm sorry, I I didn't catch that. What are we? What are, what's the choice here? So first, I'm asking uh, people that wanted to make a presentation to TLAC. Okay. Or raise your hand or say yes. So before you do that, I want to be make sure where everybody's clear. There's only one person making the presentation to TLAC, right? That would be either you or your designee. So you're not making the presentation yeah, to exactly. so don't get I, nervous. <laughs> so I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. And, and do we have to craft it in his presentation the same as comment, comment on the Correct. Essentially, it's, it's a summary of our, our unless you make a special yeah. presentation slides, PowerPoint presentation yeah. slides, but it's essentially a summary of what we prepared, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, is there so people supporting the presentation to Tila? President Tila. So that's you. You did. Yeah. Four. So I think John was on there. John was there. Five. Yes, just for me. All right. I support the presentation to six. Um, where are we? So six four. Yeah. All right. So. 
So with that, so I guess we that will be in the presentation to TLUC. Remember, that's just this is just a recommendation. They can still throw it on the consent agenda if the, if the TLUC wants to. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's just a staff recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I can present it, but if, does anybody else want to present it? I recommend you do it. Yeah, I think it's the best thing for Jerry. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't have an excuse. I don't have an excuse. Yeah. You don't have <laughs> I was looking for an excuse, but no. I actually so. want to support you. So we said she, she loves speaking this language, so. Well, we're not going to live a long day, but if I'm limited to a certain number of minutes, that might be a problem. Okay, well, we're But I'll take Susie if she's out of the I've made a note of it. Sorry, yeah. 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 Well, um, what, what, in my opinion, what we should do as representatives here and to put this information that we're trying to get approved or whatever is to talk with your supervisor that you're representing. Have a, have a sit down, have a coffee with that individual to let them know what we are recommending. Mm -hmm. So all we all we have to do is just send it to the send it to what is it called? Consent. Consent agenda. Consent agenda. And don't have no stress about them questioning anything. That's what that was uh, my recommendation. I think That's my said he, he was gonna be talking to Yeah, he's talking to his. I'm definitely yeah. gonna be talking but, to him. But we we did do a straw poll and 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 there was a majority who thought a presentation was helpful. So I wonder if we could just move along. <laughs> you're yeah, you're at Virginia Beach. <laughs> she, she's, she's in the base there. Oh, okay. the base okay. in Norfolk. Okay, right. One other thing, so assuming that TLAC approves or uh, endorses your annual report unanimously, unanimously, it would then go on to the Board of Supervisors on their consent. So that, that would not be the question. So, uh, sorry, you want to touch upon the next one? Do you have any questions on that? Any more clarification no. would be good. Yep. Thanks for asking that. Um, no, thank thank you, and and, and um, I, I do think you have a great report to present, yeah. and uh, so I, I'm all for it. All right. So the last, I mean, not the last item, but um, the last item on section two is the member terms and reappointments. Yes. Any uh, directions for us? As you all know, the your current terms are expiring at the end of this year, December thirty first. Uh, according to the board's policy for advisory bodies, you are able to continue serving in your current capacity until you're either renominated or uh, there's another appointment to replace you. And so I have a couple of asks that I wanted to find out from you all. Uh, one, who, who wants to return for the, a new four-year term? and request to be reappointed. I want to get a, a feel for that. And then if you don't want the, a full appointment, who is willing to continue serving in your term and, until your um, another nominee is, is appointed to replace you? Do we have to tell you now? I was going to ask when you need that. You, 
privately, um, but I do need, I would like to know pretty soon. Well, I did just find out today that uh, summer 2025, I'll be moving to Greenland. So, oh, wow. Yeah. We're not the bus again. It's like, part of our budget. <laughs> the transit's going to be a real uphill battle. That'll be fascinating. So I do want to continue. Yeah. It's, it's not uncommon during that four-year term that somebody's life changes and yeah. we just create a vacancy and yes. what recruiting. Right. Yeah. So, can you from Greenland? <laughs> Well, That's great. I mean, you're a great asset to the board. So, I mean, if you can stay for a year and a half, I personally think that the. Uh, this is really important, and we're coming back to Loudoun County. We know that. Um, we have decided that y'all are stuck with us now. Yeah. Uh, but that's it's it's important. So, what I'll do, I'll follow up with an email to you, and, and then you can respond directly to me. Good. Updates item 3A um, transit service and ridership updates, which she touched upon, Scott. Yeah, so I pretty much gave you what was happening on the commuter bus side of things. Uh, the local bus side has actually shown similar growth. Uh, in July, we were at 1795 daily riders. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, 1,795 daily riders. So that includes all of the local fixed routes, including the Silver Line service fixed routes. Um, as of the end of October, that was up to 1937. So you're just under, you know, just short of 2,000 a day now. Um, we're still below what we were pre-pandemic, but much closer on that side of the house, a little fixed route side of the house. On the commuter bus side of the house, just as an FYI, we were we were at twenty five hundred passengers a day pre pandemic. Um, so we're right now we're at four hundred and fifty six. You're at eight hundred and some odd. You know, you're you're at the, I'd say it was not about nine hundred trips a day. So you cut that in half, and the number of people that are actually riding, right? Um, so it is climbing back, but it's it's um, it's still got a ways to go. Um, I will say, I will just kind of touch back on the budget real quick. We are in the middle of budget season. We are going to be presenting to the finance committee and some other folks trying to get our 25 budget through. Um, if you guys are passionate about things that you want to keep, now's the time for you to talk to your supervisors about that. So that when they're going into these meetings, they have a little bug in their ear about you know what's important and what's not important to you guys. Um, so as staff, I really can't support one thing or another, but I'm just kind of giving you the information that that we will be presenting our budget and and um, it's a tough budget year, so yeah. that's about as best as I can say. It's always a tough budget year. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like that. No, there's never been a year where they're like, yay, this one's going to be easy. Bring it on. You know, it's so like it's <laughs> so just, just kind of go through the Wamana fiscal clip here. I, I just looked it up before we started the meeting. And, and two years ago, there was a $200 million budget deficit in December that they were trying to solve. It's 750 now, so it's it's a little higher, but um, it, it's yeah. I mean, we're always trying to fix up fiscal budget, right? No doubt. Are you able to send uh, send us an email with the paratransit numbers? The paratransit, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Are we including those in here? I guess we are. Huh? Yeah, they should be in there. Yeah, the paratransit numbers are in there. Um, when I don't have one, I'll figure one. Check. If if I could just say two things, circling back to Ray's comment about advocating to the board of supervisors, this seems like the 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 perfect reason to do that and use the goals, because we don't really know what you're asking for, right, Sarah Penny Scott? We don't we don't know the depth and breadth and scope of your budget requests, but if we could meet with our individual board of supervisors and talk about the goals and the importance and value of what staff is doing, then I think hopefully when you guys are presenting your budget to Tim Hemstreet and others, they won't hit you with sticks. <laughs> I think that's a very good point, Amy. So I just have to look. Sarah, is, is these these uh, graphs, they're not a part of the recommendation letter, right? That's a different. Correct. That, that, that report ends just before the graphs. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's confused me. Yeah. Thank you. It did too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It says a, a, I can barely see it, attachment three. Oh, it's so the bottom here. Yeah, I see. Um, so I thought we had paratransit um, numbers in there, but I'm not seeing them. I don't them. see them. What let me just stop for a minute. Probably in the numbers. One of the and this is in your report, you had advocated for some FTEs for us. Mm -hmm. One of the positions we got was a data analyst. In, in the past, you mean in the past. And what that person is starting to do is to generate graphical displays of data for us. Yeah. And a lot of times some you know, there's more work to be done here, I think, in terms of identifying what you're looking at, but Finally, for the first time, we're starting to be able to graphically display what's going on with our transit program. And a lot of times, numbers just your, your eyes start to go cross eyed. Scott can sit and look at his spreadsheet all day and enjoy it. But for other people looking at graphs, it's a great way to really see what's going on in a very short amount of time. So well, we finally decided rather than give you the reports we were giving you before that we would start graphically displaying the mm. kind of information that we have. Mm -hmm. And eventually our goal is to be placing this on our website so that at any time anybody anybody could go and take a look at it. Yeah, sooner than later. We want to get this stuff up on the web sooner than later. Um, I did just pull those numbers for you by the way. So oh. just comparing the first four months of this fiscal year, uh, the paratransit are running on the exact same trend as everybody else. So in oh. July we were at 59 riders a day, uh, up to 67 in August, up to 78 in September, and up to 86 in October. And we have had um, several days over 100 in October and November. So the, the paratransit numbers 
And we knew we kind of anticipated this was going to happen. It was going to take a while for the county for our ridership to realize that our paratransit footprint had expanded when we added the new routes. Um, so they're now starting to figure that out and it's starting to jump as we expected. Thank you. On the on the area of paratransit, I just want to remind everyone that our buses are in the local system. Any local fixed route is accessible. So you don't have to use a paratransit transport necessarily if you're on a bus route. So part of uh, my concern here and these numbers growing is how many more vehicles are we going to need to be able to provide the service? Mm -hmm. And I do think we do have some turnaways because right now the, the volume is starting to pick up. So we're trying to publicize the fact that any you, anybody can ride a, on a bus that's accessible on any route that we have. Yeah, well, and I, I feel like I'm on the left. Um, I have been making an effort to ride bus, right? So like Thank you. whenever it's within reach, right? I, I do it like on purpose. And yes, I have seen that buses have built ramps. Our um, pedestrian infrastructure is nowhere near where it needs to be. Right? And I would tell you right away that on 80% of bus stops in where that they use, a person with a wheelchair would have to wait for the bus on the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right? And that, by the way, is probably one of the weakest points of the bus system is that we have a very weak pedestrian system. Access, yes. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. There's no doubt about it. We've got two projects underway to remedy that, but it's taking time to get through all of that. Yeah. In fact, we were, Sarah and I were at a meeting last night with the Disability Services Board. It, it gets, I'm not chronic excuses for it. It's taking us a long time, and it's because VDOT permitting, right away acquisition, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you know, access to land, it takes a long time. But I think it was in fiscal 21, the board said, we've got to get these bus stops accessible. Right. And so I think that's a good counter to what I'm saying, which is we can't really tell people to use our regular routes until we have the access along those routes, and those stops, so they can get on the bus. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to take away from great work that I actually found the system to be more useful than I expected it to be. Uh, but uh, again, the weakness of the pedestrian infrastructure yeah. hurts visibility access. So 100% of the current bus stops are in that program being upgraded and they're doing, I don't know what the number is they're doing here. That's a different department, different division. Um, but they are doing it. I'm seeing the bus stops. It's happening to them. It's going to take several years for that to take place. Where there is not infrastructure in place, to your point, right? They're they're having to make them, it's not just making it's making it accessible and compliant. Right. So compliant means it's good to the road. Accessible means you can get to it from the sidewalk, right? So if there's no sidewalk there, then they're pouring the sidewalk from the stop to the to the and curb and then that. doing a curb cut uh, for it. So that piece is been addressed. It's it's going to take time to get there, but it's been funded. Every stop has been funded, and every stop is is going through the planning and construction phase for that piece of it. So that piece is going on right now. And I just kind of want to go back to what Penny said. I'm sure that you guys are all aware of this. 
anyway, but it's been federal law since 1996 that every single bus has to be fully handicap accessible. So it doesn't matter what bus you ride, whether it's ours or Fairfax or Omnirex or whoever's, they're required to have fully functional either ramps or handicap lifts. Um, and ours do, and on every single service, right? Obviously, we have it on paratransit, but on the regular local fixed routes, commuter bus, everything is handicap accessible. And the reason I brought that up, Scott, is because I don't think a lot of people necessarily realize that. And so, I don't my like horse impulse is to call RICO for an you know, ADA ride. So, yeah. yeah. You guys forgive me, I have to duck out a little early, but look forward to seeing you next year or around town. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, you talk about infrastructure update and upgrade. Is illumination of these bus stops a part of that council? It not, is not time. But it, it is on our our screens to yeah. do that next. Okay. Any other questions to Scott on leadership? All right. If not, I think items B, C, and E are marked for your inputs. Penny, okay. uh, if you want to take that and then we can come back to item D from Sarah. Okay, let's see that then. Um, free fares um, has, and as you'll recall, you had written a letter in support of free fares for students. We've expanded the focus of the program to be free fares for anyone using our local system, including air transit. That item is planned to going plan for review by the finance committee on December 12th. I'm sitting here reminding myself I need to make sure I add in there that Pat did weigh in on in support of um, the free fare program for students. Um, so that one should be. Hopefully, we'll get some direction from the board or that this is just a, the finance committee. Uh, if they vote five for it, then that means it will go on consent or if even a majority means it will go on consent in, in January. But what's important about getting a decision from the uh, December finance committee meeting is it gives us guidance on how to put the proposed budget together for the county administrator. So. The indications are this will have a positive response. Um, so that one's near near term. Hopefully that one won't get lumped. I don't think finance is going to get bumped this, this month. Um, let's see. Um, the initiative for service from the north and west of Loudoun County was approved by the board at the last meeting. And so uh, Gladys, who's leading that charge, is working with the consultant to get the work started on that one. We're estimating about 10 months to get the work completed, but timing-wise with the summer and stuff, it'll probably be September or October when we'll report back to the board. So that one's finally moving. Glad to see these things are finally moving. Um, we'll so this is um, Northern, West of Loudoun County. Um, so just to refresh the memory, right? So what? Um, what is what's yeah. the content? I'm sorry. Uh, this was a board member initiative from Supervisor Letourneau to look at bringing employees in from places north of the county and west of the county. We've 
broaden the scope to look south because there are a number of employees that come, not only employees in the county, but employees in the county that come from Prince William County. So we want to see what the labor shed might be and the potential for some sort of transit routing, bring people into Loudoun County to work. Um, the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia is interested in bringing, uh, they actually have a, um, a bus stop at the Ashburn Metro Rail Station because they have been talking about bringing people into Loudoun County to get on Metro for several years, but haven't had enough money to purchase buses. So we're in dialogue with them about whether or not uh, we can find a way that uh, money could be, fares could offset the costs for us to run buses with our drivers into Loudoun County. So a lot to be discussed yet on that program. Uh, Scott and I and several others went out to see their locations and, and talk to them about it. So it's essentially, um, we've gotten the go-ahead from the board to go ahead and start pursuing that research um, to find out if there's any, um, if there's enough ridership to justify it. So okay. in terms of, um, you know, equipment of buses to be leveraged for this purpose, has there been specific direction from the board on if uh, our existing fleet could be leveraged or it's more um, the other counties in partnership? This this would be our initiative to reach out and, and we've got right now, we've got some excess buses I'm on, sure. on the approach area yeah. because we don't have the ridership yeah. we had before. Now, we have to keep in mind, coaches don't go down every road that we right. have, and especially yeah, in the more rural areas. Yeah. Um, but we'll be looking at what, what might be possible and, and evaluate what types of buses will be used. And, and that kind of thing. Thank so, you. Any questions on that? Uh, Penny? Okay, and then finally, on the bus shelter program, bus stop installation, we've touched on this in terms of what uh, Vlad brought up about the, the bus stop installation. Um, these are two separate projects. The bus shelter program was just recently funded in the fiscal 24 CIP to come up with bus shelters and the bus shelter standard is what we're trying to develop right now so that when you drive through Loudoun County, you know that that's a Loudoun County bus shelter versus when you're in the town of Leesburg, they have a very distinct type of structure as well. Um, so we're uh, meeting next, the 28th of November with our DTCI uh, team to look at what those shelters might look like. Um, when we were at the Disability Services Board meeting last night, we, we talked about potentially uh, having someone, maybe Sahar, who's our Disability Services Coordinator for the county, participate in that structure, you know, that development of those structures to get that disability perspective in terms of whatever we're coming up with in terms of design. So the plan there is a multi-year program. The first year is design, second year is land acquisition, and then third year is actual construction. So as, as always, these things take time, but there is a plan to keep going every year, adding more and adding more and adding more. We've already gone through the exercise of setting criteria for the the basis where these stops should, or the shelters should be placed. And um, it's based on social economic conditions, where there are, you know, um, shopping centers, where we're gonna find a lot of people um, wanting shelter, you know, if it's raining or that type of thing. We, I don't know that we'll ever get to a shelter at every stop, but certainly where there are, are numbers of people who wanna get to those, uh, to those locations first. 
On the bus stop program, uh, again, I think we talked about that a little bit. We've got two two phases of this program going side by side. Um, we are making progress on that. In fact, I should have brought the report that was presented last night uh, to the Disability Services Board that Tyler is leading. Um, I can't remember, Sarah, do you remember how many were completed? It doesn't matter. The, the project's in process, and we can get more data for you to, to understand what's going on. But again, the complications of land acquisition, VDOT um, permitting, there was a holdup at one point about who's going to maintain them. Uh, all of these issues come up when you work, work with VDOT. They're legitimate concerns. Uh, we finally got that worked through within our department that the county would, our department would maintain whatever structures we put in place. So that's allowed us to move, allowed DTCI staff to move forward and, and move forward on these issues. Now we've got land acquisition issues to resolve and then we'll push a few more out there. So, so we could actually maybe give you a more informed presentation on some of these projects so you have a little more understanding of what we're doing since we did this for Disability Services Board last time. So if, if you'd be interested. Yeah. Yeah, so um, these two, right, transit strategic plan major bit. Uh, I understand that we are expecting like a consultant to do like a wholesale review of the transit system, right, and to make recommendations, but also in the same time we're investing in bus stops and everything. Mm -hmm. So would it to, the, to kind of like bus stops being, you know, built where Consultant documents they don't exist, or, or is it not practical to wait until like all planning is done? I'm not sure how to answer that. There, we have I call it opportunity. We have so much opportunity to make improvements in our system. Um, and Scott's doing a lot of work right now in terms of just making sure our buses are at the bus stop they're supposed to be at the time that they're supposed to be there just getting that to work and yeah. we're starting with the real basics to fine-tune what we we put in place um and then there's overlays of how do you bring more riders into the system but don't don't bring riders in to have a bad experience bring riders in so that they have a good experience and so we've got we're at that core level of getting the routes right uh, getting the headways right, getting the timing right, how many buses do we need on the route versus what we have right now, type of thing. So, sure. So, I, I think that to, if I'm interpreting your question correctly, no matter what we do with the routes, when I put the consultant or consultants and have they come back, they're going to be at least now, this first one is going to be at a higher level than that. It's more, it's going to be more. You know, you need to shorten your routes. You need to get the 10 minute headways. You need to maybe have a stop on every quarter mile or right. That's the kind of expectation we think is going to come from this study. Um, I would anticipate that even if we get to a much more detailed breakdown that you're talking about, that existing bus stops will try to, you know, the whole point would be to utilize them within that system. If you might break the routes apart, but still use the same bus stop. Mm -hmm. Because all the while that all the planning and pieces and reanalysis is going on, we're still going to be upgrading our current bus stops. So we certainly don't want to put 20 
$20,000 into a bus stop to turn around and not right. use it. Right. So that's, I guess that's the best way to put it. The, the goal would be to utilize all the existing bus stops, even if the routes get, okay. get recut. Um, yeah, and then in this case, maybe it's already on your radar, right? But we have a major outfit about the town center mall, right? And people can wait for a bus inside the mall, except the mall opens at 10 and, and uh, people start driving buses in the morning, right? So it kind of seems counterintuitive, but a shelter <laughs> there would actually be. And this is a very, I mean, because it's a hub, right? It's a very well used. Oh, now think about it. Maybe there is a overhang. Maybe there, you know what? Maybe there is an overhang. I'll. Well, I think that's the other big part here. The TSP would get into at some point down the future, right? Uh, is there is there opportunities for a transit center here that would be a little bigger for a hub, right, in that area? The Dulles Town Center, I, I'm leery of the Dulles Town Center Mall because it's a dying mall and it's going away. We already know that they're submitting plans to, you know, rip the party and do some other things. Um, there is an actual proffer to build a transit center. Whether that ever comes to fruition, who knows? Um, because it's really up to the developer to get to that level to build it. Um, but I, I would see that happening in, in the, the transit strategic plan, or at least in future updates. I don't know that it will get to that level on this first one, but. We've been challenged, I think, staff-wise, because we've had so many changes going on in the last year. It was in March we were announced to be removed from another department. Organizational changes. Oh, not, yes, yeah, staffing location, and, and that really, stopped a lot of work that we had going it was, and that was the direction we were giving is given it's just stopped and so when you hear me say i'm glad that we're finally moving these things forward sarah's redone one of hers i don't know seven times now because the meeting got canceled or we didn't they said stop we're not doing it yet that type of thing i'm thinking that 24 is going to be we're going to have a better sense of moving forward in 24. Uh, we just had a lot of just Distractions, I think. And uh, if I actually, in what Ray said, talking about uh, talking to our supervisors, right? Um, again, one of the major obstacles, right, is that our land use is like transit last. And things like one Laodan, right, should have been built with transit in mind versus it's not. And uh, right now, right, we have. The bus stop in a good place, but maybe, but like a bus has to take like a very convenient route to get there, and it takes a long time to get there and out of there. Yeah. And uh, this adds, you know, those minutes that people complain about. And really, anything on that scale should have had an input from people like present here, especially stuff right before, like shovels are in the ground yeah and the same thing by the way with using Dallas town center right it's a car centric mall parking lot is like a mile wide <laughs> to get into there and out of there just through parking lot is like a minute there and, there. and there's a lot of things like that you should get on the planet. <laughs> 
Uh, I've never really dealt with the planning commission, but that's really kind of where I think that would actually pay mechanism. I think you actually get paid on that. Thought so. You can get like a stipend or a stipend or something, yeah. But you work a lot harder. <laughs> I think addressing the land use issues is spot on. We are, we are a we are a car. We're an asphalt parking centric land use right now. And if you want it changed, they have to be changed at the core office. And it's and it's going to take decades to do because if you change it now, all the ones that have already been approved are still going to be built. And then, so you're really going to be affecting the ones moving forward. So it's your your spot on. And it's one good thing that we are part of the TLUG now, right? So that maybe. Yeah, it's at least going in the right direction in that, that regard. Yeah. And the board of supervisors will be appointing that guy. And uh, I'll just go very quickly. I'll take Sarah's piece here about uh, these other three items because it's getting late. I think we're supposed to be out of here by 8.30. Yeah. Um, we are moving forward with a consultant on both the commuter assistance strategic plan and the transit strategic plan. Our goal is to get this to TLUC by March of this coming year. And hopefully, if there aren't too many revisions based on that meeting, sometimes in April or May, we hope to get that in front of the board and get both of the plans adopted and sent off to DRPT to keep them happy because they send us money as long as they have a strategic plan that they can refer to. Um, but both of these are. Uh, plans that are multi years, uh, commuter assistance is five years, transit strategic plan is 10 years, and we will do updates in the meantime uh, as as we uh, make progress on what we're doing. So it's a living document. Yeah, yeah. And then Sarah is working on a Title VI fair equity analysis, which is required with the fair, free fair policy that the board could adopt. So we have to. Conduct that type of analysis to see if there's any type of impacts that we need to be aware. And do we need do the staff need to provide any inputs on those two? Uh, well, you did give us input early on. Right. We have that in the, in the materials that we're looking at, and we're trying to you know this was one of those two of those projects that got delayed in um, the strategic plans, and so we're moving forward uh, fairly. Quickly on that, we've also, and here's another area that we could give you guys a briefing on, or the, the committee is briefing on, is uh, we've done some outreach and have some survey data from users of the system. And it might be helpful for you to see what the comments are that are coming back from users of the system, as well as um, the human services network agencies, nonprofits, and them to see what they're saying about what they know about our system, what they don't know about our system, which is more the case, and how they connect their clients or customers to our transit system. So, again, a lot of information that we were trying to put our hands around to figure out how we can uh, make, you know, utilize, connect people into the uh, transit system. And is Sarah going to touch upon the equity analysis or? I just briefly go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, Penny, Penny mentioned it. One thing I'll add um, that because the fare free would apply to all of the local bus routes, uh, there would not be a disparate impact from one route to another. Uh, so the way this program looks is 
the commuter bus service is a separate type of service from the local bus. And so in the analysis, we're really only comparing the impacts to populations for the local bus service. Um, but there's still work to do and uh, fun maps to put together and, and uh, demographic information to look at. I'm thinking here as I we've gone through a number of topics that we should as staff uh, for the new session, the next, uh, I don't know, whenever the new, new members are appointed, hopefully some of you will be back, is give you some more detailed overviews or details about some of the programs we have underway right now to give you like how many bus stops have we gotten completed, how many aren't done yet, and what is the process to get them done. So you're more informed about what's what's going on in the transit area. Yes, our what recent work um, we just completed what's in flight and what's coming in. In other words, it could be a segue from the annual report because it's in addition to your inputs on in flight efforts for the new new board. Um, any questions to um, Penny or Sarah on those four or five items that we just discussed. And a uh, quick question on the uh, presentation that was uh, done last night on the disability services board. That, that information is out there on the packet for the board. Um, where would that be posted, Sarah? Um, the idea? No, I mean, there's a, a, just a, a heading that's in the Disability Services Board agenda. Um, we can distribute the packets. We're happy to share the. Yeah, because if, you, if, you, if that has the information on the bus stops, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. we can share that for you. Uh, the meeting itself, I don't believe it was recorded. Oh. Um, the hard does take minutes from it, but I don't, um, you know, I wouldn't expect her to outline everything more than just that a pre presentation was yeah. given. Gotcha. But I'm happy to email that to you all. That would be helpful. Um, any other questions, comments for the um, staff or board before we call the meeting? Just to begin, begin uh, I, this theory, right, I made an effort to use local buses. And I have to say that uh, compared to the last time I did this similar effort, there's a huge improvement. Um, like, Honestly, last time was very frustrating with multiple points, and this time uh, there was very little frustration. And I actually found the system uh, useful. I, uh, buses are on time. The application that you guys implemented is also helpful. Um, it's kind of like clicks Google Maps on our side, right? In Google Maps, you know where you can go, but here you can see like what's around me, and, uh, and also like real time information is uh, helpful. Um, obviously. Uh, also on local buses, right? I mean, data uh, standards are different, but I was never alone on the bus, which again, opposite of what I had last time where I often was alone on the bus. Mm -hmm. And uh, the demographics is kind of sort of what we expect. It's mostly people who like, cannot drive, older immigrants or big uh, part of people who drive the on the bus. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, but the fact that our three systems are pretty much separate is uh, what works, right? Like, not far from me, there is a bus that goes straight to Metro every 15 minutes, 
very helpful. I can get them without the car, right? The only place, the only way to get to the, to the stop is with a car, right? Versus I am walking distance to a bus stop, bus goes past this place and keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I can get to a bus that gets to, to, to the metro, uh, but it goes less far. And, and takes longer to get there. So, like the lack of connectivity between local interconnect and the computer, right? I mean, I don't think it's any news to start present, but it really uh, doesn't grasp, doesn't grab the opportunity that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that you're using the system, Vlad, because that really. That kind of information helps us to start pinpointing what we need to focus. Um, um, at the meeting last night, a gentleman described a, a really sad experience where the bus picked him up and brought him back, but didn't take him to his original desk, or, or origination point, and he ended up walking. I don't even want to tell the story. <laughs> uh, it was not a good situation. So it's just we have opportunities. We have lots of opportunities, and the more input you can give us and experience with the system that you give us, we appreciate that. Right, yeah, and also, like, I ended up with a bad stuff, but again, bus has been on time, bus has been clean, uh, drivers actually stopping at the bus stuff. <laughs> yes. Like, all that actually was, like, really, really, I mean, I, and again, seeing the system being used, we don't stop like, Looks like ratings, ratings otherwise. Let's hear it from Ray. No, no. Uh, <laughs> what, what I was going to ask Brad is that were you able to distribute your your um, your board card to the members and the bosses? <laughs> they have them with it. Not that. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby oh. steps. <laughs> I did that. I did that when I when I went on a bus and. Every time I want to transfer, I'll do it next time. 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 I'll do it um, but if you have it on your phone, it's so much faster to get um, to get charged up. Otherwise, I used to have to walk by the bottom to put money in. Yeah, right. Yeah, to literally go to the physical location. To yeah. All right. Any, uh, any other comments, questions? I guess not. All right. So that's the meeting. So the next business meeting of the tab is on Wednesday, January seventeenth. 24 7 p.m. at the uh, community services office. Have we been to the office on Gibson Street? Yeah. We have been. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, but yes. We had a meeting, I think, in March or April. Okay. Because we had just moved. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. I remember. That, like, in the, like in the dark area where the hospital is there. Right. Right. So that's like that. That's a very. No, no, no. Yes. Correct. Thanks to Susie. Right. Okay. All right. So that's the meeting uh, in 2024. Is that transport? Is that John? Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Yeah.
Thank you. Happy holidays.